0: Playbook community, hello, hello, we're just waiting for our guest of honor today, as you can see, I'm here, oh, not that way, this way, you'll see some of the greats, part of Joe Henderson, part of Miles Davis, Uh, you know who that is, anyone know who this is behind me on piano, and who this unfinished drummer is, I'm in the mecca of where jazz started, this is... I'm in Los Angeles, California. Um, I want to wave at all these amazing folks that are joining us right now. This is the most exciting of all the shows we've ever done. We have the one and only Trista Ford, Tri-State Sachs joining us. You know her as a host, but now she's about to join us in the virtual flesh. Trista. Someone said we did a show at your school and we loved it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now we're going live with Tristan Ford. Accept. I'm clicking accept. go one more time trista hi how's
1: it going i
0: showed my age there i got a little um i saw i struggled with the technology
1: i saw that you're not used to being the host so
0: i have a lot to learn we're here on playing around with playbook like we are every thursday people are talking the buzz the bees are buzzing a lot of people have been saying, when can Trista be on? Not as a host, but as a guest. We want to get to know who Tri-State Sax is. And so here at Playbook, we give the people what they want. Playing around with Playbook, April Fourteenth, two 2022. Everyone, please welcome our guest of honor. This is Tri-State Sax, the one and only Trista Ford.
1: Hello. Hello Trista, I'm a, I,
0: for those that don't know her, which if you don't know her, you're out of your mind. She's the <laughs> equivalent of not knowing this guy right here. Blowny this <sighs> For this guy, Art Blakey. Trista Ford is a tenor saxophonist and Woodwind Doubler from Fairfield County, Connecticut. Okay. She's a sophomore at NYU studying jazz performance in the studio of Timo Volbrick. Is that right?
1: We'll go with I-
0: that. <laughs> additionally, she's pursuing her master's in music education at NYU, which I just want to say for the people out there, stay in school. She's gonna. She's important. She's doing this throughout her time at NYU and in New York. She's been playing with the New York Symphony, New York youth Symphony. They worked at Birdland, Dizzy's at Jazz Lincoln Center. Ever heard of it? She's gonna be performing at the Time Center in May. She was selected by unanimous consent, unanimous consent for the NYYS Vargas Vetter Ukena Fellowship in twenty twenty and twenty one. That's a two time winner, and she was mentored by Alexa Tarantino. In the fall of 2021, she joined the Playbook team, and this is where it really gets her bio gets really fun. I got to say, it's a platform that you all know spreads joyful jazz in the virtual world. There, she created this jazz education talk show and podcast, playing around Playbook. And we've seen her interview great artists such as Walter Smith III, Todd Soul, Bethany Robinson, Mickey Smith Jr., Matt Wilson. She interviewed me.
1: Um,
0: we're so glad to have her here joining us. Trista, say hello to all your fans out there.
1: Hey, everyone, I am very happy to be here today, especially on the other side of things. Um, So excited to get started.
0: (laughs) So Trista, I want to start with our staple playbook first question. What have you been listening to?
1: Well, it's funny that you're talking about the man on the piano behind you, because I've actually been listening to a lot of Monk lately.
0: What?
1: Um, Solo Monk record. Um, Specifically, I'm confessing that I love you. I've had that on repeat, but yeah, just going through that whole album. Basically
0: what about his music? do you connect to? What about it makes you keep coming back to it?
1: Mm. I just love the feel of it, especially on that album. You can just really lock in and like you can really hear a lot of like the lineage there and where a lot of things come from and it's such a great album and his music is obviously very powerful as well mm. um, so i've been listening to that i've been listening to. A lot of Alexa stuff, as you mentioned, she's my mentor. I saw her this past week at Dizzy's. So um, I actually heard like a ballad, it's like a Spanish ballad that she played. I hadn't heard it before, it's called La Puerta. So I've been banging that, it's been pretty great.
0: Love it. So let's go back to the beginning. Trista Ford, we know she's from Fairfield, Connecticut, but let's get to know the artist, the mind, the genius. So you're starting out there, what attracted you to music? What were some of your earliest memories?
1: Mm, okay. My earliest memories, I would say one of the distinguishing factors as to why I decided to pursue music was because of the community and just like the overall hang of the music, you know, music scene, the music community, and like everyone's chasing that. Um, so in high school, my band director, which maybe is a, a, a following question and who we're going to have on um, later on in the show, actually in June, um, he was a big influence for me. And he really just like believed in me and he made me believe in myself and that really like asides from music that quality just really resonated with me and made me want to do that for like other people um and then like after that point in time i connected with performance in a way that i hadn't previously throughout the all all the different festivals i went to like Allstate western region um, it was just like there was always a vibe in the room like everyone was always like on their game and it was just so exciting and exhilarating because everyone was like, these were all the top players in the state, in the, in the region, and everyone was just, it just sounded great. You know, it wasn't like the experience you got in your band room and you just, you know, I would just think to myself like this, this is like, mm. this is awesome. Like I want to do more of this. I want to find more of this. And then also just the process of practicing and getting better. You know, know, a lot of people don't like to put in the work to get better, but I think like half of the enjoyable part of it is the process of waking up every day, you know, doing your scales, you, know, you, see, you see that progress day in, day out. And so, like, it's something that you can really measure as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about, so let's, you're, you're a little bit younger than me, and music has become more and more digital, but you were attracted to this music that's band, using band instruments, you know. Why, why weren't you, why is this the music that you think you were attracted to? What about jazz music?
1: Hmm. You mean band music in general or jazz?
0: Oh, I mean instrument. I mean jazz, but like, you know, most people now are like making beats, right? But you're oh. not making beats. You're doing an instrument that people have been playing for since Adolf Sachs or whatever, like 150 yeah. years. Like, <laughs> why, why these, why these instruments? Like, what yeah. about...
1: That's a good question. Wow, I'll have to save that one for I'm, my next
0: I'm year. a really good uh, interviewer. Jeez, are, yeah, yeah,
1: everyone, before this interview, I called Sammy. and I'm like, you ready? You, you have questions for me? You got the right questions? <laughs> um, um, I would say, you know, a lot of, I do, I am surrounded by a lot of people that do make beats and like are producing and would see themselves mainly as producers over their main instruments. And that side definitely does appeal to me in some ways, but I think there's, um, there's value in actually playing an instrument for sure you know like I used to not really think about the fact that when you go to a concert it's actual live instrumentation like behind like Beyonce or like actual singers like they're real instruments it's not most of the time it's not just from a recording you know um despite you know the process of making beats um but I think that there's something really you know original and being able to produce that yourself although it's a very long arduous journey and much harder than, you know, just pressing some keys
0: on oh, the computer, so
1: um, not, to, not to come at the producers, you know, they're doing what they do, but I was just sitting in the lounge at school when I was watching someone type on their computer, like right, left, right, left, like just to make a beat. And I was like, I was like, I have to go spend six hours in the practice room after this, but you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I also think that it wasn't really that big, actually, like in high school, I wasn't really aware of that really. I mean, we had a music tech class, but, Although there's a huge generational difference between me and Sammy, <laughs> I don't think I was even aware of that, really. But it is something that's interesting.
0: And what about, as, you know, a big part of playbook? We talk about mentorship. Who do you think who made the biggest impact uh, for you? As like far as being like, you know, I don't want to just be a player. I want to also be an educator. Like, I...
1: yeah. Okay. Well, um, I have two answers to this. Yes, one I briefly mentioned. I actually wanted to be an educator first before I wanted to be a player. So that player drive came um, in the past few years. Uh, but before that, it was my high school band director. His name is Jason Polis. Um, he will be on the show June 2nd. Everyone watch out um, for my biggest influence. Um,
0: I'm not your biggest influence, Father. <laughs> this is news to me. Breaking you're getting news there. The I side. told you,
1: you're getting there. You're getting there. There's two, there's two people, remember? We're getting to the second one. May or may not be Sammy. Okay. Um, It's not, no, really. Um, So the first one, yeah, was um, Jason Polis, and he really just believed in me, and I saw the way that he interacted with the music. Um, He really brought everything to life. Like, it wasn't just like he was doing it to pass the day. He really invested in his students, and um, he would spend, like, extra time with me after school. He would, like, provide materials that, like, I couldn't get, or. Um, something like that, he would just always be such a warm presence and like I saw the impact of his teaching that he had on me as a person and not just a musician Mm. and I thought about how valuable and rare that is to find and that's like something that I feel like is unique about the music community because it's one big hang, like you're always closer to your band director than you are your math teacher, it's just Mm. the facts. Um, because you're going to these competitions, you're going to these festivals, you're playing with them, they're hearing your everyday progress, putting in that work, they can see you in the practice room. So I just feel like, um, in terms of being an educator, that really inspired me, because I I love the idea of doing that for kids and, like, um, just being in that sort of presence. And also just, like, the enjoyment about explaining it. if you can really explain something in a way that students understand and it resonates with them, there'll be like this moment, you'll see that it finally connects with them and they're like, wow, this is so cool. Mm. Like I was explaining to one of the kids that I teach in my studio that like, I was like, oh, you can construct this scale using the same amount of scale degrees in every key. And he's like, no way, are you kidding me? That is so cool. And I'm like, yep, this is cool. You're gonna be a music major, right there.
0: (laughs) You hear those people Um, at home Inspire your kids because they might, you might have a Trista Ford waiting, you know, waiting, you have a future Trista Ford.
1: (laughs) No, Um, but my second influence would say, actually is the saxophone teacher I have right now. um, I really got really into performance, like in my senior year of high school. Like I really knew that I wanted to be a player. Um, And I love the aspect of performing and getting better and putting in that work because I want to be a performer at the top of everything else. and I would say that, like my current saxophone teacher, Timo, who you mentioned, um, I honestly don't know how to pronounce his last name either. That is a question I would propose to him later. I feel like it's too far; it's too far into the semester to ask. But maybe I will after this. Now that it's been on public, public uh, yeah. podcast news, um, he's honestly just like one of the, like, I would say, the best educator uh, I've ever had. Like he just explains things in a way that makes sense and really gets you fired up about performing and he's Mm. fired up about like when I make progress too. So I would say it's those type of educators and like also performers because just seeing someone who can like shred like that, like, you know, just kill, it's just super inspiring.
0: You know, we've talked some about this Trista, but you're obviously in a music education program as well. And we talk about there's not a ton of jazz resources for uh, educators and training. What do you notice, like, what do you notice about, now that you're in a program, like, what do you see missing? What do you want to see change in college programs, the way they're teaching students?
1: Yes. So, um, I am, yes, as Sammy mentioned, I am a part of the music education, like, five-year program, so I'm getting my jazz studies degree and also my master's in music ed, but I also see a lot of that, like, undergrad um, program um, deficit where they don't have anything. On jazz for them they have nothing like there's not a single class offered to them on jazz whatsoever um, so I would say that's definitely missing in its entirety um, I would say absolutely none almost uh, I would not be so harsh but only like a, a lot of them don't understand almost any of the concepts like that are probably easily within reach to them if, if it were offered here um, I, I don't know what they're going to do when they step in front of a jazz band, honestly. But I would say it's like through programs like Playbook um, that have in-person per- in professional development for you know, music educators um, who don't have experience with that. Um, because otherwise they're really like, forced to find that information out on their own. Like I know someone who doesn't know anything about jazz, but um, they're trying to teach their students but they, they genuinely can't. They can't because they don't know anything about it. So I would say there definitely needs to be like some address, some addressing of that um, mm. and like more implementation that, you know, class. I mean, classical music is obviously important, but it has been the emphasis in so much of um, secondary educa- training for um, music educators. But, you know, I feel like most of the time what gets the students really like invested in music and like sticking with music is what Sammy preaches also, you know, is the jazz class. So that's definitely important. Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously, obviously you're, on the, you're on the ground floor here like every day trying to change the, that culture both at NYU and with Playbook. What, what do you, like advice do you have for people out there who don't know where to start, right? Like there are educators out there and they, they didn't go to have a teacher like you in high school. Like they don't know how to start and like make their jazz band work.
1: I would say just tracing it back to the history of it, honestly and like the lineage where the music comes from. Because, you know, while you learn a lot from, you know, transcribing, you know, Brex and Cook or, you know, some of the more modern, uh, millennial jazz players, I think it, in order to really, you know, get to that point, or um, explain these concepts, you need to trace it back to where it all came from, um, and understand why and how it came about, for sure. Like that has really deepened my understanding of everything. And also just like not being afraid to be simple,
0: um, I think a lot
1: of the times, like when I first started playing, I failed to address the simple things because I assumed that like, I would just do them. But no, you won't just do them <laughs> unless you really start playing simple first in order to get where you want to get. So especially to someone starting out, like don't be intimidated by how much there is to learn because there's so much time to learn, um, especially as a music educator. like You're continuously learning for your students, um, and that'll just be a part of that.
0: Mm. I love that both from an education perspective and as a performer perspective like slow down go simple like let's use like simplicity and you can say it simply then it's fine you can ornament but like let's understand our key concepts um let's talk you know one of the things we always talk to folks about is is uh like morale I think it's really important and we don't think about enough with educators like you know the way a student comes in and is like I'm having a tough day like Educators are never allowed to have that space. Like you, as both a student and educator, what what kind of things motivate you? What kind of mantras? What kind of um, refrains do you have in your head?
1: Mm, I would say the number one phrase that I go by um, would be, all good things come with time. You know, I feel like if I just trust the process and continue investing every day, then um, the improvement will come. Um, I also think that my second influence—it
0: um, would be seeing different performances.
1: Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I hear people yelling in yes. the back. One guys. second. Okay. We had a loud group. NYU. This is. Yeah, NYU loud group passing by. Sorry
1: about that, guys. All good. So it would be all good things come with time. I feel like I've personally noticed that as um, I continue to invest, then I will always continue to provide um, value and grow. And then my second thing I would say is also just seeing performers as well, like seeing someone that I really like play or that like really shreds. um, Like it will just amp me up and it will just get me excited even um, (laughs) – <laughs> Mickey, you're
0: so Mickey, right. I don't know Mickey, why there's like
1: a whole audience coming
0: by right now. People honestly. are kind of have the live show, Mickey. This is a this is a a, yeah. a, a, a virtual show. We don't have a live audience. We're he says she just gave around. them the look. Didn't even say anything.
1: I, you know, I can't, I can't. Not in the middle of my motivational speech. I can't bring someone down. Like stop walking in the hallway. Okay. So yeah, just seeing someone that I really enjoy perform. Like for instance, like if like last week week. I saw Alexa perform the week before. I saw. Um, I went to a show at the Vanguard. You know, I'm going to another show this weekend. I think it's just also about just like constantly seeing live music. You know, supporting it as well. Um, just really gets me amped up because like sometimes I, I notice if I'm not feeling as excited about the music, it's just because like I'm not out there seeing what people are doing and like what I want to do visually in front of me. And that leads me to another point about just listening to the records that like first got you into music, like, Mm. um, just like the original players that you love and that really gets you fired up and like the recordings that really make you excited about music and like inspire you to want to play like that. You know, for me, I just like remember, I'm like, wow, if I can play like that at the end of the day, I'd be satisfied with my life.
0: (laughs) Mm. It doesn't matter if it's John Coltrane or John Philip Sousa, whatever gets you going, gets you going. (laughs) Fair enough. I want to ask you one more question. I know we're running a little long, and Trista's time is very precious. I appreciate her taking a little time out of her day. Trista, you know, you, we—I want to say when we brought up, uh, we posted a job posting for Playbook, um, and people applied from all over. And there was one person who was distinct leaps and bounds showed a level of seriousness and intelligence. Uh, a thoughtfulness, like a critical thinking. I was just so impressed with what Trista, her application, everything she did and having her around has been amazing. Why do you think, I mean, you were, you were attracted to apply to the job. Why do you think places like Playbook are important in today's classroom?
1: Well, thank you for that, Sammy. It's been great working at Playbook. It's been an exciting, like I think eight, nine months. I don't know. I've been here for a while now. We've done a lot. We've done a lot. We've gone to a lot of places. We've gone to Texas, gone to New Jersey. Pretty, pretty far, pretty far stuff. We've gone to 450 7th Avenue, 7th Fashion, fashion Avenue. Don't come track us down, everybody. Um, I would say Playbook attracted, was a, I was attracted to Playbook because of what it offered, um, you know, what I want to go into, you know, not only performing at a very high level and, like, perf- like recording and doing what I want to do, but also jazz education, just getting people fired up about it and going into schools and bringing that excitement to the students and really starting from like the concepts that they can understand. So, you know, Playbook brings you from a level, like any level that you are at, no matter like your age. You know, from the like, big band packs to large ensemble playing small standard packs. Um, it really just does a good job of meeting everyone where they're at and also getting them excited about it. You know, like the videos of like Tall Sam, Corbin, all the mentors, they're just, they're fun to watch as well. Um, and they really um, get the students excited about it, especially um, especially in schools. What the congregation does in the school is, you know, the congregation is like a very playful, um, fun, but also killing group. <laughs> um, so that part is, um, is really enticing to me. And um, I definitely think that these uh, digital platforms are super important in the classroom because like we were talking about, a lot of music educators are not trained to teach jazz. They a lot of don't know what they're doing. Um, so I think that this will be a an amazing resource for people um, once they graduate in the classroom or even now when we continue to go to school. So overall, Playbook is a pretty great resource.
0: I love it. Well, Trista, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Playing Around with Playbook. Folks, if you don't know, go follow, stay up to date with Trista at TriStateSax, our Instagram mm-hmm. handle. Stay up to date with us at Playbook Jazz. That's our handle. Uh, and next week, who do we got? Drum roll! Trista, who's on the show next week?
1: That's a good question. I think we were supposed to have Martina, but she canceled. So um, maybe we'll have Martina in another week. But yes. It's to be determined, but we will make an announcement. So everyone stay tuned for that.
0: And I'm signing off now. Th- Thank you, Trista, for joining us on this week, playing around with Playbook.
1: Bye.